monster, a creature with such horrific features, a lady, a bride, and scary movie fan. Some nerds and their website present this woman and her man. Hello and welcome back to the Bride of the Creature podcast with me, the creature Joey G, and joining me. As always, the cutest podcaster in town, the bride, Nicole. Hello. How are you, love? Good, how are you? I'm fine. I'm feeling good. Feeling good? Take two. Yes. As Nicole pointed out before we started, there's a fine line between funny and mean, and I was walking that line. He was not walking it. (laughs) He was so far past it. Look, mistakes were made, things were said. But Joey admitted that I was right. So I don't that think makes I did. Me so happy. Did I? Yes. I'm pretty sure. I, no. Okay. I think I. If I did, I was being very sarcastic. Do we to do a take three here? I don't me? think. No. No. We're good. It, it could be another two years before we do another episode. I'm <laughs> stop now. Uh, so yeah, it's been almost two years since the previous episode. I know. I have no excuses. I mean, you pumped out another baby. Well, you helped. Well, I helped. After the fact. Once it was born. Yes. And before the fact. I'm referring to the conception. (laughs) Of course. Who could forget such a magical moment? Uh, But yeah, no, no. We have since decreased the amount of... uh, Decreased, good God, Lemon. We've increased the number of spawns of creature uh, running around. In fact, also... There's two now. Uh, take one of this podcast was ruined by one of them getting out of his bed and coming downstairs. Which I already ruined it, but then, then the, the child solidified it. Yeah, so it was a team effort. It took all of us working as a team to, to screw that one up. Anyway, the point is we're back. Yes, and, uh, we're, I'm excited. Are you? Yeah. Is that why you are insisting on speaking over me? Is it excitement that causes you to be rude? Is that why you do these things? Oh, now you're not going to speak at all? Mm-hmm. I, if there's one thing I have proven, is that I can do a podcast all by myself. I'll talk. It and wouldn't then, be very good. It'll be me, and then I'll do a voice for another person. <laughs> I'll be like, what do you think, Mildred? Oh, well, Mr. Joey, I think it's wrong. No, no one would like that. Someone might. Anyway, the point is, we're back. We're aiming for a monthly release schedule. Hopefully. We're optimistic. If we can stick to it. Yeah. You're not going to have any more babies anytime soon, are you? That's not the plan. Right, I will do my part to ensure we have no babies. <laughs> Thank you. You're very welcome, my love. Why do you Why do you cringe when I say things like that? I like, I love you. You say, "Oh, he's too mean," and then I'm like, "Hey, my love," and you're like, "I was never happy." Yeah. When did that ha- When did that start? Was it 17 years ago or so? <laughs> Months ago. Wait, which is it? <laughs> I- <laughs> I don't know. It's been a long week, and I'm a little bit tired. I have a Diet Pepsi with me, so oh, hopefully good. that helps. Yeah, you may not even be listening to this, because so far I can't remember how to upload stuff to our FTP server. I can't find the password anywhere. So if you're hearing this, it means I figured it out. Go I me. have faith in you. No, you don't, but thank you. Anyway, we're back, and so it's time to... Uh, it's October. It's it's Spooktober. Yes, and Joey picked a very cool theme for his... October movie month. Yeah, every month, every every month, every October, I tend to stick to a theme in my Halloween movie watching. I helped. Yeah. So two years ago, I went back and watched uh, as many of the Nightmare Before 
Nightmare Before. Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> kids. Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth films, and all the and the rest of the Hellraisers, because which is my How favorite. How many Hellraisers are there? I think now there's a. It's like a, it's either ten or eleven. What? Yeah. I had no idea. I thought there was like four, maybe. It's because you don't like them very much, so I, I never don't. ask you to watch them. As far as like horror franchises go, it's by far my number one. It's so weird. Why? Because they're great. I mean, the first two in particular are just excellent it's, movies. The third one is hilarious. Cause it, why do you like them more than some of the more like classics, like um, Nightmare or Friday uh, Mostly the because those are, I don't know, they're very repetitive. They're usually just slashery. There's, Hellraisers aren't slashers usually. They're like, there's demons, there's hells, there's... It's a bit more yeah, literary. But, but I'm pretty think about literary. Nightmare, it's like dreamscape. Yeah, and I love Nightmare 1, 3, and New Nightmare. Do you remember that South Park episode with Freddy Krueger? Do you mean Inception? Rick and Morty? No, South Park. No, I don't remember that at all. I remember Inception. They yeah. have the Inception episode, yeah. and they like bring back, they bring in near the end the master of going into dreams, and they bring in Freddy Krueger. It's that hilarious. At all. I remember best. the Inception episode, but I don't remember that. That's yeah, weird. Yeah, that's weird you don't remember that's, that. It is weird. I should rewatch that. I remember the Rick and Morty episode with, with the Freddy Krueger Yeah, Kruger that character. one's awesome, too. Oh, bitch. That's a good, that's a good episode. Yeah. But no, I, I like Hellraiser because they're darker. And um, they're... You're you know, pretty dark. I'm very dark. I'm brooding as well. Very brooding. I'm very... You're like Angel from Buffy, but without the... Bad Irish accent? Package. Without the mole? The whole package. You mean my dick. No, no, I you don't see his dick on, on the show. You barely see mine. <laughs> you just made me snort <laughs> out my nose. Well, where else would you snort? That's a good point. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no. Out anyway, your butt? you can snort out your butt. It's more of a fart. I think it's called a fart. Yeah, <laughs> there's a different word for that. No, but yeah. So anyway, <laughs> the, the point is that I also think that the other reason why the Hellraisers are my favorite is that if you look at the all the movies as a whole. And then take the average of the of the good movies versus the bad movies. The Hellraiser um, franchise averages out to having more good movies. I really like all the nightmares, though. I like one. I actually I like haven't three. seen all of them, but I've, I like what I've seen. And I've seen, I think, seven of them. Well, I'm pretty sure there's only seven. But I've seen there's them. Nightmare 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Then there's Freddy's Dad is 6, and I think New Nightmare is 7. Did you watch all the Omen ones? Well, there's only four Omen movies. But did you do them? Uh, I ha- Well, not in that time, but I have seen Omen 1, 2, and 4. I've seen... No, I've seen the first two for sure, and then I've seen whichever one where Sam Neill is the president. Oh. If that's 3 or 4, I can't remember, but I've seen that one. And then there's one I've only seen, seen 1 and 2. And I've saw- seen 20 minutes of the remake. You didn't like it. I, it's not Obviously. that I didn't like it. I just didn't see the point. I will say, though, because I, I saw the remake, and I really loved the original. It's like one of the scariest movies I have ever seen. But the remake does a pretty good job for the most part. The, okay. the, the scene where the nanny hangs herself, which is my favorite thing in a movie ever, they did pretty good. Wow, that, I mean, I was going to say, like, the scene where Kermit sings Rainbow Connection, but... That, that, that's pansy, oh, Joey. So Come on. Nice. Oh, I love it. I love the Muppet We're movie. not talking about nice things, though. Fair enough. Yeah, well, anyway... I forget why we started on this path. Oh, yeah, because that was two years ago. And then last year I watched Stephen King adaptations, a lot of them. And then this month. So this month I'm doing horror anthologies. Because I love horror anthologies. Remember the year we saw VHS 1? 
Yeah. That was my favorite movie of the year that year. It was so funny because when we saw that in theaters, I thought, I thought for sure Joey's going to hate this. Because you were covering your ears in the theater. It was very loud. Joey has sensitive ears. <sighs> Look, I'm sorry. Sometimes movies are too loud and I can, I don't want to hurt my ears. So, and you just seemed like, you looked like pissed off, which I mean, you normally uh, look pissed <laughs> off. That's what my face but looks like. I just, I just thought you were going to, you were going to hate it. No, I loved it. It was brilliant. It was my number one that year. I know. Have VHS you know 2 wasn't as good. Third one? Yeah, it came out like two years ago. Have you and seen it? No, I never saw it. Maybe I'll watch it this month, but yeah. I never watched it. We should. I just heard Let's it was. watch it this month. Okay, well, I, I just remember being disappointed with VHS 2. Yeah. I liked the individual films in VHS 2, but as a whole, I thought VHS 1 was way better. Anyway. But VHS 2 had the one with the GoPro, right? <laughs> That's like every <laughs> movie in that franchise. Sorry, the GoPro with the bike. The zombie one. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one where there's a zombie with a GoPro. I really liked that one. The best one in VHS 2 is the Thai one with the cult headquarters. That was okay. No, that was the best thing in the whole movie. It was cute. It wasn't cute. I guess it was cute. You were goddamn ridiculous. Oh, great. Why don't you spoil it? We always spoil everyone. Yeah, we tend to spoil the movie that we're talking about that week, not other movies. This is a movie that came out a long time ago. VHS 2. It's like four years old. That's, that's not, ancient history. I don't history. think that's the case. Our child's almost four. It feels like we've... Do we even remember before kids? No. Yeah, I do remember ago. that because that's when I saw VHS. <laughs> anyway, the point is, uh, this month I'm watching horror anthologies. Sometimes Nicole joins me. Uh, she I joined me for you. this one and we decided to record a podcast about it. So this episode, we're going to be talking about a little film. Uh, oh, I lost it. I had it up on my screen and now it's gone. Well, you know what we're talking oh, about. No, that's right. No, I don't, obviously. The Smart Alex. I know. I wanted to get the details. <laughs> Do you want to drive? Yeah. You can't. <laughs> you don't know how any of this stuff works. You don't go know which ahead, buttons to ahead. push. You don't know which order to push them. Announce the way, Joey. I'm going to. Go for it. So we watched. I. You don't say it like that, though. You have this. You have a very dismissive tone right now. What, what kind of tone do you want me to have right now? I want you to have the proper reverence for myself and my filmic knowledge. No, just, just do it. <sighs> so, <laughs> we watched from 1971, Peter Duffel directed The House That Dripped Blood. Now, this was... Uh, an, uh, 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 yes, thank you, dear. Yeah, so, this was a horror anthology... Um, Distributed by Amicus Productions. Now, what, do you know what Amicus Productions, Nicole? Of no. course you don't. Would you like me to tell you something? No. Anyway, they were a uh, competitor of um, Hammer, as you know, my favorite oh, horror yeah, studio Oh, yeah, you did tell me this already. And they did quite a few of these portmanteau horror movies. They did a ton of these anthologies. And I've seen a few, and I'm sure I'm going to watch a few more this month. Uh, for example, there's um, the Tales from the Crypt and Vault of Horror. You've actually seen Vault of Horror. I think I've seen the Tales from the Crypt one. No, you haven't. We've, we've, I, I know why you think that, but you haven't. Because we watched Vault of Horror together in my parents' basement a long time ago. Okay. And it's like an old 70s one with British people in it. And it's great. But anyway. Okay. And and so often they would adapt a lot of these stories from old EC horror comics. Uh, anyway. So this one was from 1971. It was The House That Drip Blood. And we'll talk more about it right after we listen to the trailer. This house is full of sounds. The loudest is your heart pounding in the night. The softest is the sound of terror. (laughs) 
In this house, terror waits for you in every room. Vixens and victims. You'll find them all in the house that dripped blood. blood, blood, blood. So that was the trailer for The House That Dripped Blood from 1971. So, um, do we want to go... I was thinking maybe we'd go through the films, the short films one at a time, and then give our overall thoughts. Does that sound sure. good to you? Should I start by just briefly explaining the, the framing sequence? Yep. Okay. I loved it. Did you? That was the only part of this movie that I was like, because the framing sequence itself is the flimsiest framing sequence I've ever seen in an yeah, anthology movie. It kind of worked, I thought. I, I mean, it would have worked had any of the stories had really anything to do with the actual house. Because the premise of I the framing sequence is it's all about the house. I think I just like the look of it. Well, yeah. Oh no, I love that. I, I really like the Amicus British and the Hammer horror style. Like they cob a lot of their visual style from some of the. But you're right. Hammers. It did a lot of stories. Anyway, and that's what it is. Yeah. So um, basically, uh, there's a this cop from Scotland Yard is investigating somebody disappearing. He was a film star who rented this house, and he's trying to learn about the house at the local police station. And the other detective at the police station is just telling him some of the fates of some of the other people who have lived in that house before this person who is evil. Yeah, there's something wrong with this house. So the first segment, which uh, I'm apparently was adapted from a comic Fury number seven from July nineteen sixty two, was called Method for Murder. Uh, and it stars Denim Elliott. And I spent let's call it twenty minutes trying to Please, tell you no to trying to tell you who Denim oh. Elliott was and you just like no no idea. No. Well, you, you do the... No. He was Marcus and Indiana Jones. I don't know that movie. I don't remember Indiana Jones very well. Which, here's the thing. I understand that now, but when you first said that, I just assumed you were being you. And it's like, no. I'm like, you know Indiana Jones. Shut up. But it turned out you just didn't remember. But it sounded like you were saying, no, I don't you know that movie. You thought I was just being dismissive of you? I thought you were trolling me. Because you're always trolling me. I'm not. You are. Anyway, do you now know who Don Daniele is? No. <laughs> so we never did get to that. That's Ben Amelia. Yeah. Yeah, he's in he Raiders. Was in... He's in Noises Off. Noises Off, but I couldn't remember who he was in Noises Off. I told you, he's the old guy. Yeah, there's lots of old people. No, there's, he's the one who plays the burglar. Oh, the junk? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay. Remember I told you, he's the one who's standing there like Hamlet's father. And that's yeah. why I always say, anyway. Uh, Denim Elliott is in this one. But he's he plays... younger, so you don't really recognize him. Well, I recognized him. Well, because <laughs> anyway. you're weirdo. <laughs> so he's a writer, and he moves into this house with his wife, Joanna Dunham. Dunham uh, and Dunham? Funny. Well, okay. And is haunted by visions of Dominic, who is the murderous, psychopathic character that Denim himself could Denim, his actual name in the it doesn't say what his name is in the story. Anyway, Denim Elliott creates this character for his novel and then begins to see him everywhere. Right. And he thinks he's going mad. Because he sees him, the first time he sees the him is on the stairs? I thought that was the second time. The first time I thought it was when he was outside. Across the lake? Maybe that was the second time. And then he sees him in a chair. And he sees him a bunch of times. I thought corner. the best parts of this movie... Were some of the spots where you're seeing denim, yeah. where you're, you're seeing Dominic, yeah, I and just like his like creepy grin and everything. I was like, oh man, that's really cool. The and scene where um, 
she he's saying that he's in the chair, don't you see him? And he's talking to his wife and she goes and she goes up to the chair and it's empty. But mm-hmm. it's like it was really kind of intense and scary. Yeah, and it's like, but don't you see him? He's in the corner now. And then all of a sudden he's in the corner. Yeah, he, she can't see him. Yeah, that was creepy. It was very good. So I thought this one was pretty good. Um, I also you got you you uh, guessed the twist. I guessed the twist of all four of these. I guessed the twist, the first twist, twist where I thought, um, it it's actually him. It's not Dominic. It's a real oh, you, thing, right? Um, a fake myth it, of his it's imagination. His, it's like his personality right. or something, but it, it's actually him. Yeah, it was a double and, double But score. they, the wife. Do you want to spoil it? I mean, yeah, if you've read any horror comics ever, you've, you can pretty much figure this one out. Yeah, so it turns out that the wife is just trying to divorce Denim Elliott uh, by making him seem like he's crazy. So her lover is disguising himself as Dominic and haunting Denim. Yeah. And then the, then are, there's a third twist. This, this, this short film actually had three twists. Well, in no, it, they, they made him believe that it was, like, there's a scene where... He sees Dominic strangling, choking his wife. Yeah. And then he goes up to her and she says, it was, it was you, you, it was yeah. you. So that's when I was like, oh, yeah. I'm right. So the first twist is when you think that Dominic is a, twi- a figment of his imagination. The second twist is when you find out that Dominic is real, but he's actually just an actor in disguise and in cahoots with the wife. And then the third twist is when Dominic has, the guy playing Dominic has actually gone crazy and now thinks he is Dominic and then strangles the wife. Yeah. Like, Ooh, three twists. Three twists. But I thought it was fun. I liked all three twists. Yeah. A lot of these old 1970s anthologies from from these sorts of companies tend to be awesome because of the casts. Like that, oh. like that story is, it's a little dopey. It's fun, but like yeah. Denim Elliott sells it so well that I, I enjoyed it. I think they were all a little dopey, but oh, don't, they're, they're completely like, that dopey. That was why it was so fun to watch. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're based on comics from the 30s and 40s, right? So. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty good. The second one, I thought it was. More hokey than some of the other ones. Um. Yeah. Well, you might be right. Not the well, hokiest. no. It was the second hokey. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but it was fun. Yeah. I. It wasn't hokey. Like I wasn't rolling my eyes, wanting it to be over. I was clapping my hands and then pounding my fist in frustration that you wouldn't remember who Denim Elliott was. <laughs> I thought you were gaslighting me. So then the second one was called Waxworks, starring my favorite actor of all time, Nicole. Who is it? Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. Who you had to explain to me I, as well. Until you saw him. No. The second you saw his face, you knew who he was. You're like, oh yeah, it's Grand Moff Tarkin from Star Wars. I didn't know his name, but... So you, you knew who he... Okay. But no, if you had... Oh, I'm Nicole. I'm cool. I don't know the names of Star Wars characters. <laughs> You've seen more Star Wars movies than I have. Uh, now who's a nerd? What? I didn't say I didn't like Star Wars. You implied that I was a nerd for knowing Grand No, I was honestly saying I don't know his name. Why would it's I? It's Grand Moff Tarkin. Because I don't remember shit like that. Yeah, you're right. Anyway. Uh, just acknowledge that I'm brilliant. If, I, if you hadn't explained to me who he was before, I'd, I would have seen him and been like, I kind of recognize him, but I wouldn't know from where. But I've made you watch like a bunch of his old Hammer movies too. Like my favorite, one of my favorite horror movies of all time, The Curse of Frankenstein. We did it on this podcast. Yeah, he but was, that was probably before kids, so I don't remember anything before kids. No, we had Brody. Oh, we had Brody. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what to do with you. Anyway, Waxworks. Peter Cushing and Joss Ackland are friends who become fixated upon a macabre waxwork museum that appears to contain a model of the lady that they both knew. This one doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, when you actually sit down and think about it, like, wait, so they both were in love with this woman who died. And then... His friend comes to visit him in the country where he lives now, 
and they go to this wax museum, and there's a wax figure that looks exactly like their dead lady friend. So what I didn't understand, was it a coincidence that the, that the crazy guy who made the wax figures made a figure that, like, was his wife who it was based on? Yeah. Just, but was it a coincidence that she looked like her, or was it actually her? I think it was supposed to be a coincidence. It was, it wasn't, it was supposed to be a coincidence. I, that's what okay. I thought from Because I was like, well, that's weird. I mean, I, I ended up really liking it, and there was... But isn't there... Because the, the guy who made the wax figure said... The crazy guy. Oh, she's, she, it's a face that a lot of people recognize and think they know. Isn't there a word for that where, like, there's someone that looks like someone else? Doppelganger? No, not a doppelganger. I'm sorry, then. Like, there's a a specific name for a person who... Looks like another person? Yeah. I think it's called twins. And to, like, to many people, that person looks like someone else. I think it's twinsies. Nope, I think you're wrong. But anyway, the... Well, it ends up being... The other part that doesn't make sense is, like, oh, the reason his wax figures are so good is that they're not really wax figures. They're... He says, says, no, they're embalmed, so it's the real people. But then the wax comes off and it's a skeleton, so it's not embalming. He just put wax over a skeleton. Yeah, I don't think they know how embalming works. I don't. Th- yeah, well, maybe I don't either. But anyway, <laughs> the point is, it was great. But I was like, wait, wait, what? None of this makes sense. But there's a great scene where Peter Cushing like has a dashing fight in a wax museum with a crazy man with an axe, and I was just like, woohoo, go Pete! Wait, there's another guy from Star Wars in this, in in the next one. Yes, there was. You're right. That's not what he's most well known for, but yes, you are correct, honey. Anyway, I like. I just realized that now, and it's very cool. This was. See, I like Star Wars. I am a fan of yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, again, I know you've just seen. Just because I don't know people's names. You've seen more. St- Can you please stop waving your hands around like a heavyset Italian man? <laughs> what? I just want to smack you sometimes. Yeah, like a heavyset Italian man in a wife beater. Why don't you walk around yelling Stella? Am I wearing a wife? Beater? Well, you're wearing a sleeveless shirt, which is kind of a wife. I mean. I'm not your wife. I'm never going to be a wife. This was actually my favorite of the four charts, even though it was the one that made the really? least sense. I I can't trust myself when Peter Cushing is involved. He's my favorite actor ever. You have such a crush on him. I just, how many times when we were watching it was I like, look how fucking good he looks in that suit. <laughs> like, I kept commenting on his clothing. I'm always like, God, if I was like 200 pounds lighter, I would want to dress like Peter Cushing. Dressed like Peter Cushing. Fat people don't look nice in that kind of fat attire. Fat people can look nice in clothes. Stop Not fat. in like really nice. Stop fat shaming. I'm fat shaming myself. That's not nice. Don't. When have you ever seen like a really dapper looking well dressed fat guy? All the time. When? Yeah. All the yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I couldn't pull off the stuff Peter Cushing was wearing. The scarves, the the, you the smoking wear a, jackets. You could wear a Hugh Hefner smoking jacket. No, Hugh Hefner wore a Peter Cushing smoking jacket. Get that perfectly straight in your head. Oh my god, you have such a crush. I can't handle it. Anyway, he was great. I love Peter Cushing, and, it, and that's why I haven't seen one more Star Wars movie, because they put a fucking Android, like, hologram Peter Cushing in it, and fuck that. Oh, that's the guy. <laughs> Jesus H. Tap Dancing Christ. Let's move on. The third film was called Sweets to the Sweet, which is adapted from a story from Weird Tales uh, from 1947. Weird Tales, the magazine that first published H.P. Lovecraft and a lot of like the Conan stories, Robert E. Howard. Don't look at me like I'm boring. I mean, this is interesting stuff. The people want to know this. All right, Professor Joey. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Nyree Dawn Porter is a private teacher who is hired by 
uh, a widower by the name of Christopher Lee, the great classic. Star Wars. Yes, he was Count Dooku in Star Wars, but he was also well known for things like playing Dracula. Star Wars. He was also Saruman in Star Wars. In knowing Lord of the Rings, he was Count Dooku in Star Wars. Fuck Lord of the Rings. No, Lord of the Rings is great. You shush. Fuck that franchise. Don't try and talk like me, because you are. Look, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Anyway, the point is, Christopher Lee has his daughter named Chloe Franks, and he's very harsh with her, won't let her have a doll. And the teacher's like, WTF, mate. And so she wants to give the girl a doll, and shit breaks bad. He grabs the doll from the little girl, and he throws it in the fire. Yeah, and at the time, you're like, oh, that's not nice. She's but such a cute little girl. She's also evil. She's a witch. She's evil, and she murders her dad with a voodoo doll. Yeah, she should. Why? He burned her mother. Because she was a witch. She should have been a good witch. What do you do with witches? Build a bridge out of her. (laughs) You jumped ahead, but that's where we were going. Well, this is my favorite line. What do you burn apart from witches? More witches! (laughs) Anyway, yeah, you burn witches, Nicole. It's what you do. But she could have been a good witch. You don't burn someone's mother. What if she's a bad witch who's trying to murder you? Well, then, she probably has good intentions. What good intentions could you have? What if he was bad? We're not talking about... What if he abused her? What if he hit her? Well, then that would be bad. Yeah. We don't know the backstory here. Right, but you're just assuming that he has no reason to be afraid of his devil child. She's so sweet. She's evil. Evil, I say. And she wins. Yeah. She kills Peter Cushing and wins. This one was my favorite. This one was actually probably objectively the best one. Yeah, I but think so. <laughs> I like the one where Peter no, Cushing like fights a guy with an axe. Like, uh, the innocence. A little bit. The... It was way cheesier, but yeah. Oh yeah, mm. I, I like witch stories and. And I actually thought Mary Don Porter was really good in it. Yeah, she was. She was like... the teacher. Yeah. Oh yeah, Nicole pointed out that she kind of looked like Phoebe in the early seasons of Friends, and at first I was like, "What are you talking about?" And I went, "Oh, actually, I do kind of see it." Yeah. So there you go. See him right all the time. And then the fourth and final. Um, Cloak. The story was called The Cloak, and it was from Unknown, May 1939, but I'm assuming that it was actually a magazine called Unknown. Yeah, it wasn't just, we don't know what it was from. It was There was another pulp magazine called Unknown that wrote similar type stories to things like Weird Tales. Uh, and so it stars temperamental, glor- uh, grumpy, prima donna horror actor played by John Pertwee, who, now, because I don't actually know when this film was shot, I it came out in February of 71. And John Pertwee started playing Doctor Who in 1970, so I don't know if this was during his film, during his tenure as Doctor Who, or prior to his tenure as Doctor Who. You, you brought this up several times. Why do you care so much? Why don't you? It's because he's Doctor. He's the Doctor. But it doesn't matter. He's just as an actor, and he acted in this thing. Yeah, you're right. Let's not... Why, yeah, why would I care? Why would someone uh, think about these things and, I don't know, maybe make a podcast about them? <laughs> you can't fucking be on a horror movie podcast and be like, why are you talking about horror movie? You're talking about Doctor Who right now, you It all ties fanboy. together. It all ties together. I'm no fanboy. You have seen more Star Wars movies than I have. I'm a fangirl. Ugh. Let's not get into gender politics here. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Anyway, so John Pertwee has moved... Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that the connection to the house and all these is that each of them happens to live in the house. That's it. There's nearly nothing else. Anyway, John Pertwee moves into the house. He's starring in a vampire film. 
he buys a vampire cloak from a shopkeeper, and uh, the cloak seems to give him strange vampire powers, which Ingrid Pitt, the lovely and gorgeous and talented and beautiful and sexy Ingrid Pitt, and her breasts. Joey. What? Jesus. <laughs> when the movie started, and... And I read Don Porter's name, and I'd be like, I bet she'll be some girl with big boobs. Well, because you told me it was like the... I said it was around the same time and similar in style to the Hammer films. And they all had big, rusted Glo- women yeah. in it. Yeah, Ingrid Pitt was one of them, and she was gorgeous. So I know my shit. You just didn't have the right person. Okay, look me in the eyes and tell me that Ingrid Pitt's breasts were not at least a little bit glorious. Oh my movie. god, they were totally... They were ridiculous, right? I want a motorboat the day. <laughs> exactly. I will move the YouTube to Anyway, the point is, uh, this one was the hokiest, but I also thought it might have been the most fun. Like, John Pertwee hams this it up. This was the cheesiest. It was definitely the cheesiest, but it was so fun. And I can't think of Yeah. And the twist, of course, Ingrid Pitt was a vampire all along. Yeah. And they were fans of his movies. Yeah. And so they wanted him to be a vampire, too. It's cute. It's very cute. It's stupid as hell. It was cute. And then the uh, the closing sequence, the detective goes, goes to the there. house, and the guy's like, you shouldn't go there. Immediately goes into the basement, At through night, the dark door. Opens the coffin. Oh, comes John Pertwee. Kills John Pertwee. Then doesn't have a chance to regenerate. Lady friend doesn't have a chance. Ingrid Pitt comes out, kills him. Yes. And you're just like, what a way to go. <laughs> I like how they did the shadow of the bat when she would turn into a bat. It's like obviously. So oh yeah, shady. it was just like a rubber bat. That they <laughs> kind of wiggled. And they're like, ooh. They kind of wiggled it around like yeah. it should be flying. It was like, yeah. yeah. So okay. it was very like, like little kid Halloween ish. Yeah, a lot of these yeah. would probably be appropriate for children. Some of them. Anyway, the point is, yeah, if you wanted a movie that's going to frighten be you, you're bored. No, I mean kids would be yeah, bored. Yeah, I know because kids these days are just the worst. They don't get it. <laughs> They need to be taught, teach your children to watch good movies. Um, so yeah, it's not a movie that's going to frighten you, but it, I had a heck of a good time watching it. It's also not very long. That's a really good moral, Joey. It was like, it's 102 minutes. It's teach nothing. your kids good movies. That's Joey's moral for the, for the yeah, day. Yeah, when our kids are adults, they're going to be fucking cool. I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, but you have your way. You'd be like, oh, everything's good. I'd be like, no. You'd be like, ooh, let's watch Rogue One. I'd be like, no, no. You do not watch a movie with hologram Peter Cushion. You watch real Peter Cushion or nothing. It Go to your bit, room. It is a bit weird that they did that. It's upsetting. It's horrific. It's just awful. It's a little bit like when the person It's very matter. ghoulish. Well, also, they didn't get a say in whether or not they got to be in this fucking movie. It's just like, you're dead now, so now Star Wars owns you. Whoa. From beyond the grave. <laughs> would you like to this movie? Yeah. Yeah, what would you give it? I don't know. I didn't think about that. I forgot we did that. I give it four stars out of five. I give it three. Three stars out of five? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. It's probably, I mean, if I'm being really honest, three and a half is probably reasonable, but I liked it a lot. I really liked the poster for it. Poster is great, but the poster also makes it look way scarier than it is. Well, that's why I think I liked it. Yeah, it's a good poster. So that was this movie. Now we have a quick game. We're going to play. hate games. Don't look at my screen, though. I guess it doesn't matter because I didn't write down which one was the fake. So these movies, this they were all sort of based on old horror comic kind of things, that kind of spooky stuff, right? And like you know what else? House of... Yeah. And you know what else is based on those kind of stories? Quit looking at the screen, Turdberg. You told me it didn't matter. 
Yeah, but I don't want to do it anyway, because I want, I want <laughs> you to just, just listen. Don't call me a turd burglar. How old are you? Old enough. <laughs> to party. <laughs> Look, my point is this. You know what else is based on those kind of old stories and kind of fits in with this whole vibe? What? Goosebumps. I love Goosebumps. You do love Goosebumps. Well, do you love them enough to know them really well? <laughs> yes, I do. I'm going to read to you the titles of four Goosebumps books. And if, if, if you need the synopsis, I'll give them to you. Three of them are real, but one of them is a big fat phony made up by yours truly, Professor Joey. You know I suck at these. I do know that. I always Stop lose. looking at the screen. Well, now that you've made it taboo, I want to do it so badly. Don't touch my wiener. <laughs> <laughs> it's taboo. Joey. Uh, Again, how old are you? Old enough. <laughs> no, no, no. to touch my wiener. Stop. Anyway, so I'm going to read to you four Goosebumps books. One of them is a big fat pony. I know. You must use is. your skill and judgment to determine which of the following is the big fat pony. Nicole, are you ready to play? Oh, yes. All right. Book number one. Attack of the Jack-O-Lanterns. That's the pony. It wasn't called Attack of the Jack-O-Lanterns. Attack of the Jack-O-Lanterns. Okay, number two. Dr. Midnight's House of Horrors. No, I don't know. <laughs> number three. The Werewolf of Fever Swamp. I love stop that looking one. at it. I love that one. I know that one too. Or do you? Number stop it! Number four, say cheese and die. That one's real. Okay, you wanna hear the synopsis? Yeah, I wanna hear the synopsis at the first two because those ones okay. I'm not sure about. Attack of the Jack o' Lanterns. It wasn't called that. <laughs> no, maybe he made more than one about Jack o' Lanterns. Nothing beats Halloween. It's Drew Brockman's favorite holiday, and this year will be awesome. Much better than last year. Or the year Lee and Tabby played that joke. A nasty practical joke on Drew and her best friend, Walker. Yes, this year Drew and Walker have a plan. A plan for revenge. It involves two scary pumpkin heads, but something's gone wrong. Way wrong, because the pumpkin heads are a little too scary. A little too real. With strange hissing voices and flames shooting out of their faces. Flames. The flamer. Dr. Midnight's House of Horrors. Step right up to Dr. Midnight's House of Horrors, home of the headless butler. Thrill to the exploits of the mad librarian. Scream before the madness of the haunted cuckoo clock. Just make sure you're gone before the carnival closes or the next exhibit in this museum of ghoulish delights might be you. And then it goes into that reader beware, you're in for a scare thing. All of them have that at the end of it. So, like is it Attack of the Jack-O-Lanterns, Dr. Midnight's House of Horrors, The Werewolf of Fever Swamp, or Say Cheese and Die? I think the fake is Dr. Midnight's House of Horrors. Explain why. Because I don't think you would come up with a name like Drew Brockman. Drew Brockman? Yeah. It's Brockman. I was to say Brockman. Why do I wouldn't I come up with that? Because I feel like that sounds super fake, and I feel like... You. Drew Brockman is the thing that sounds fake? Yeah, so I feel like you're trying to throw me off with that one. So you. So, okay, I'm sorry, I'm confused. Which one is the fake? Dr. Midnight's House of Horrors is the fake. Yeah, Dr. Midnight's House of Horrors is the fake. I never win! This was really hard for me. I never win and I win! If, I, this is how. I know Goosebumps! Yeah. If I had just given you the titles, you probably wouldn't have gotten it right. Yeah, yeah I would have. You thought that Attack of the Jack-O-Lanterns wasn't real. Oh, I know. Because there was another one with Jack-O-Lanterns. There's probably like 15. They're all the same. <laughs> also, there was another one that I was going to use. There was a there was a Goosebumps book called Full Moon Fever. And I was like, oh, that's also a Tom Petty album, Tom Petty R.I.P. 
Aww. It's gone. So you couldn't do it. No, I just also couldn't find the. Oh. <laughs> I, I decided to use the Werewolf of Fever Swamp. I tried to rewatch some Goosebumps because it's on Netflix. Yeah, they're great. They're not that great. No, they're not, but they're they're great. I remember being a kid and thinking like the whole opening sequence was super cool, and it's not. Scared glowing dog the eyes. Do- the dog's eyes, but the dog looks sick. Like the dog. Like really like, sick, like how a no, skateboarder would say. Like, the dog looks already like it's dying. It's a really sad dog. <laughs> well, <laughs> Don't like it. That's too bad. But, well, anyway, um, you did well, Nicole. Yeah, thank you. I'm you won. Happy. You won our game. I never win. I'm so happy. Well, there you go. well, that's going to wrap us up for this week here on the Bride of the Creature podcast. I don't know what we're watching next time. I don't know when we're coming back. Hopefully a month. Maybe sooner. Who knows? Yeah. We'll see what happens. So until next time, I am the creature Joey G. Wait, do I have a thing I say at the end of the show? Yeah, I do. I remember it. Everyone relax. So until next time, I am the creature Joey G. And I'm the bride Nicole. Y'all stay scary now. You say kissy kissy. You fucked it up. Let's start again. Until next time. No, we don't need I'll just say kissy kissy. I'm, I'm, stop. I'm the creature G. Until next time. In the, in the meantime, in between time. Until next time, I am the creature Joey G. And I'm the bride Nicole. Y'all stay scary now. Kissy kissy. How could this woman ever decide to wed this man